The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Narratives of Purpose. My name is Claire Morigande. I am your host on this show. And my goal is to amplify social impact by bringing you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary social impact within their communities or around the world. So if you're looking for a program that showcases unique stories of change makers, stories of people who are contributing to make a difference in society, and at the same time, you want to get inspired to take action, then this podcast is definitely for you. This week is the final episode of our inclusion series. Today, I speak with Ogenewaire Jennifer Nikoro, a legal practitioner and disability advocate based in Lagos, Nigeria. Jennifer is the founder of Life Beyond Disability Foundation, which is a nonprofit that advocates for equal rights and social inclusion for persons with disability in Nigeria and extending to other parts of Africa. She is also a member of the Board of Appeal of Classification at the International Paralympic Committee. In our conversation, Jennifer shares her journey and her vision of empowering lives beyond disability. Please take a moment to rate and to review our show on your preferred podcast listening app. But right now, have a listen to Jennifer's story and how her foundation is creating purposeful living among persons with disability. It's a great pleasure and thank you so much for accepting to be part of the show, Jennifer. Welcome. Thank you so much, Clara. So let me start by saying this. I, I recently came across your foundation and started following it on the LinkedIn platform. So your foundation is called Life Beyond Disability. And I find that the awareness you create through this platform is really empowering and inspiring. But before we talk about that more specifically, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and share some of your background with us? Well, my full name is Ogenewaire Jennifer Nikoru, and I'm fondly called Jennifer. I am a legal practitioner based in Lagos, Nigeria, trained in mediation and arbitration. I was born without the right four limbs, and I also run a foundation called Life Beyond Disability. This foundation encourages persons living with disability to become an active part of their community in Africa specifically. Aside this, I am also an advisory board member at FAMA. FAMA is a nonprofit organization focused on 3D printing in Africa. Furthermore, I am a member of the Board of Appeal or Classification at the International Paralympics Committee, Germany. We are aimed at classifying athletes with disability for Olympics. Lastly, I'm also a board member at the African Diversity and Inclusion Center. It's called ADIC and it's based in Uganda. Well, I am engaged, as a legal practitioner, I'm engaged in criminal and commercial litigation, law practice. Basically, I advocate for the right of persons living with disability in Africa, particularly in Nigeria. I believe that I am the best ambassador for 
this form of advocacy because I'm a person living with disability, not just living with disability, but born with a disability. I've acquired several professional and uh, professional certificates in and outside my field of study. And um, my hope as a person is to see experts just like myself who will also acquire good academic background and they will emerge from this, uh, from, the, from various work of life in the disability community. So those are part of my passion, among other things. And lastly, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm, I'm also a disability advocate. So I was speaking about your foundation and I'm curious to know, you know, how did you start that and why did you start this foundation? Life Beyond Disability Foundation has since been a vision that I have been brooding on, especially during my undergraduate days as a law student. As a person who was born with a disability, I wanted to be a voice for those living with a disability because I believe I typically understand some of the discrimination that is being experienced and that I have experienced. And I wanted to have a platform where I can create adequate advocacy, awareness, and some form of support in the society about the right of persons living with disability in Africa, starting from Nigeria. I believe that such a platform will be helpful for my kind of persons. Also, I saw the need for empowering persons living with disability so that they can favorably survive in the workplace and in society in general. So tell me, did you face any specific challenges throughout this process, you know, when you were creating this platform? And uh, how did you overcome them? As a person living with disability, it wasn't easy for me to start up this, this platform because most of the NGOs, the nonprofits, I find specifically in my country were nonprofits who really didn't have a, an executive as a person living with disability. There was no leadership position for persons living with disability. So one of the, one of the challenges I had to face was leadership responsibilities, being that persons with disability in Nigeria and I believe in Africa, broadly in Africa, we are not, we, we are not given leadership opportunities. Standing up as a leader was a tax and a huge tax for me. Secondly, another challenge I had to face was funding, which is also a major challenge I am currently facing. Starting up this nonprofit, I started it up on my personal funds. In Nigeria specifically, the government have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of needs to cater for. So persons with disability, which is the, one of the minority group, may not really be looked into. So I knew that for me to push my passion, I will have to fund myself and probably seek for funds from individuals. So Life Beyond Disability since inception has leveraged on the funds of individuals, my family in particular, and the funds I get as a legal practitioner from my law firm. That is where most of our fundings come from. This has also resulted to the organization not being able to carry out bigger projects 
we are unable to get grants from local and international grantors and donations from private companies and even government power status. So you just said that you were not able to undertake bigger projects. So can you tell me what type of projects you undertake right now? And, you know, more specifically, what support are you providing to empower persons living with disability? Firstly, I'll say that we advocate for the rights and empowerment of persons living with disability in Africa. We also focus on nurturing those abandoned and disabled children. So we look out for young children with disability, motivate them, help them, educate them, sponsor them so that they can become better in the nearest future. We also go with empowerment. Aside empowerment, we provide emotional support. We make them understand that we are also like them. So they are not alone in this world. We are also persons living with disability who may have overcome some of the hurdles that goes with living with disability in Africa. So we go and we provide emotional support for those who they just recently got amputated. We make them understand that they are not less human. So we fill up the gap of their emotional needs while we also support them um, financially. Some of the projects that we have we have done within this few time of existence are we have done outreaches in up to five communities in Africa where we go and educate basically communities living with disability. We educate them. We advocate for social inclusion for persons living with disabilities in these communities. They are all found in, on, on our websites. And we also create an avenue to listen to their concerns, to the concern of these marginalized persons. During one of our events on, on community outreach, which we, which we did, we spent hours providing and supporting nothing less than 100 persons living with disabilities. And we presented them with food items, materials, and also medical team. Our medical team went with us to provide medical support for persons living with disability in that community, specifically a Meta community in Delta State, Nigeria. We reached out to more than 200 persons in that community. Aside of these outreaches, we have also helped in advocacy for persons living with disability. We recorded children who were sent out of school because some of these schools, they did not have the facilities to accommodate the pers- these persons who are special needs children. Lastly, on our advocacy, we do weekly advocacy through our various social media channels and also other platforms. We have a strong fellowship on our social media channel, especially LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's very remarkable. Uh, what I hear from, from your explanation is that you have really been able to impact lives of so many people in such a short time of existence, right? It's only one year, one year and a half. And you are really also acting as a role model for the younger generation to see that they can also you know, become people who are part of society. So you're really advocating for social inclusion and Using the social media platform, you know, this is also how I came to connect with you. You can see that it's very powerful. 
Now, I wanted to know something, you know, you started very recently, but at the same time, you know, the COVID pandemic hit exactly a year ago. So I was wondering how that affected or impacted your activities. Some of the difficulties we experienced during the COVID were the fact that persons with, with living with disability experienced extreme poverty. We couldn't meet the needs of most persons living with disability. Unlike during when there was no COVID, where I believe we could have met more needs. Usually in Africa, most persons living with disability are not educated. And because they, they are not educated, they really don't get well-paid jobs. And most of them end up begging and soliciting arms on the streets. During COVID, there was social distancing, and which means that most persons with disability, like every other person, will be indoors. There was no way to generate funds for themselves, and the NGO, Life Beyond Disability, couldn't cater for all needs of persons living with disabilities who were looking out for support from our nonprofits. I could also see the difficulties in accessing um, adequate health services during COVID. Persons with disability were neglected. They were not even added to the data statistics of persons who will easily get vaccines or who will even be treated. So they were at the risk and the fear of getting contacted with COVID. And even where they, are, where they contract COVID, there was no medical support to help them. Normally in Nigeria, where I come from, and I believe in also in some other parts of Africa, there is really no data statistics for persons living with disability. There is no data to say that we have 500 million or 200 million persons living with disability in Africa. Because there was no data, we couldn't ascertain how many persons would have contracted COVID or how many persons needed health care. And because of the discrimination that was going that normally goes on with persons living with disability, persons living with disability were at risk of dying, even more likely than those without, uh, more likely than those with non-disability. And there will be no statistics to show for their death rates and the reason why they died. This is really insightful. And these are really information you, you barely hear about. I realize that for people with disability, even this pandemic has made them even more marginalized. And this is really disheartening to hear, you know. So I see, I listen in your answer that you speak about statistics, that you say that in Africa, we don't have statistics about people with disability, especially now in the COVID time and how to support them with healthcare. Um, do you see other needs or other major gaps in either in Nigeria or in Africa at large, that need to be addressed in order to, to foster more social inclusions of people who are differently abled? One of the few challenges I would talk about is the unemployment rate among persons with disability. The unemployment rate among persons with disability is almost double of the general population, I believe, in Africa. Yes, double of the general population in each country in Africa. There are many barriers that persons with disability face. And because of those barriers, they are unable to break through. Some of these barriers are, are mobility-related barriers, technology, and even physical barriers like lack of accessibility in workplace. You see a building that is built without 
that is built with just staircases and there is no mobility for persons on wheelchairs. By that, you are already creating a community or a society that is marginalizing persons living with disability and making them believe that they are not needed and they shouldn't be included. I've also seen discrimination such as employers' negative attitude. This also goes with employment, to unemployment rate, employers' negative attitude. And I will use myself as a case study here. When I finished law school and I started practicing as a lawyer, one of the job I went, I one of the recruiters who called me for an online, who called me for an interview, an email was sent to me as a young law graduate. And I went to the organization, the law firm, and I could vividly, and some of the questions that were put out to me were, when they saw me on site, were, were you sent an email? Are you a lawyer? Are you sure? These questions were questions that contended, or rather they were questions that were demeaning to me. And I wasn't the only one in that interview room who came or who had sent such emails. And of course, you can guess what happened at the end. I wasn't given any employment. For me, I feel that the discrimination started from my physical appearance. And another thing I saw that day was I was the only one with a disability in that interview room. So of course, you would go for someone with a non-disability, believing that I am less able because of my physical disability. And that is not right. Another scenario I want to point out with respect to unemployment um, where was in another interview I went for in my early days as a legal, as a law, law graduate. And when I sat in the interview room, the interviewer was staring at my hand, which is my right forelimbs. I have earlier said that I was born without a right forelimbs. And he was staring at my hand. And some of the questions that came out from him, which I think, which I believe came out of on that day was, can you type? Are you proficient with Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel? Are you sure you can do this job? Are you strong enough to carry out this, this um, capacity? And I was affirmative. I told them yes. But even at that, it still ended up unproductive. This, of course, will go down psychologically to my main thought of thinking that I'm not accepted and I'm not included. But these are some of the hurdles I've overcome as a lawyer. Another challenge is I think that persons with disabilities um, have encountered or we are encountering also as, a, as an organization and as a person living with disability is policymaking of governments. Most organizations or rather most countries really don't have a legislation that portrays the inclusion of persons living with disability. It is important that government officials, policymakers, decision makers are aware of the importance of disability as a development issue, and they enhance the data collection on disability. Although in Nigeria, we, we have a, an act called Discrimination Against Persons with Disability Prohibition Act, which was enacted in 2018, but aside being enacted in 2018, there's still a great gap in implementing these policies. And I believe that there are so many African countries who don't even have policies, they don't even have acts or legislations for persons living with disability. And this, I believe, 
government should be looking out for enacting legislations, putting policies in place for the right and inclusion of persons living with disability. Most governments in Africa have not prioritized such, such policies and few who have prioritized such policies have not implemented those policies. So it's more like a law that has been passed, but it's not living. This observation that you share, it's really impressive. And as you were mentioning before, you know, people with disability are actually the same as people who don't have the disability, right? It's a human right to be included in society. And for me, I'm taking out two things from what you just said, is that the first is at the policy making level, that either you need to enforce uh, laws to make sure that everybody can be included in society. But also for those countries who have those laws, they need to implement them. And that is also a big challenge. And the second thing I also take out is that we also need to foster a change of mindset. And I really hope that, you know, you sharing your story today here on the podcast is also going to contribute to raise some more awareness and to show that, you know, this is for most people discriminatory behavior. And you've shown that really with, with some you know, examples of what you went through. And I can only commend you for being resilient and persistent in overcoming the hurdles you had to overcome to be where you are today and to become yourself a role model and, and support others you know, who need more um, empowering to, to also live their life fully. Perhaps the last question on your foundation, what are the next steps for you? You know, what do you have some specific uh, initiatives or some examples of things you want to achieve that you could share at this point? One thing we hope to do is that we want to see how we can carry along influential stakeholders in the society that would help us to bring to the fore the issues affecting persons living with disability. We also hope to take our campaigns to schools, giving them disability awareness from childhood so that disability inclusion will be prioritized. I believe that if you can teach the younger generation about normalizing disability, they would have a positive mindset while growing up and becoming an adult when they see or when they are in positions to help or to support or to speak out for persons living with disability, I believe with such, the rate of discrimination will, will be reduced. We also want to empower persons living with disability with skills and sponsoring those who are exceptional, just like myself, sponsoring them, spotting out their potential, sponsoring them academically and in all way, all legitimate means possible. So our aim is campaign awareness, stakeholder mapping, and empowerment of persons living with disability in Africa. Thank you so much for being such a role model and for have created this platform. I think you're helping a lot of people. And I think that you'll be able to help even more people in the long term. So at the end of my show, what I usually like to do is I ask the three same questions to all my guests because I like to find out, you know, what type of music they listen to or what books they're reading. So my first question is, do you have a book that you're reading right now or a specific music that you listen to very often at the moment? 
I have a book I am currently reading. It's a it's one of my religious books I read as a Christian, and it's called Alone with God: How to Have Intimacy with with God and with the Holy Spirit. Because I'm a Christian and it's beyond religion. That's the book I'm reading right now. And the second question is: Is there perhaps a a book or even a, a music or song? that was special for you at some specific time in your life, something that you really remember fondly? Well, I'm not good at music, but I am good at scriptural reading of the Bible. And it's just one verse that I usually like from the Bible. It's in Jeremiah 1, 5, I believe. And it talks about how um, before he formed us, he knew us. And before we're conceived in our mother's womb, he has destined us to be special. He has destined us for something great. And that is one verse I always meditate on, that I am special and right from my mother's womb, I was never a mistake. That is really beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that piece. And my last question is, do you have a book or something, you know, that, that you absolutely loved perhaps and you would recommend for people to read as well? The book that I so love is the Bible, and I recommend that for anybody to read. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Uh, it has been really a pleasure talking to you. I, I am so grateful that you took the time to join me today and to share you know, your whole journey and what you are doing with Life Beyond Disability. And I truly believe that you are a role model and you have a long way to go. So thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Thank you, Clara. That was episode 21, a conversation with Ogenewaire Jennifer Nikoro. Through her foundation, Jennifer is truly making an impact by being a voice for persons with disability and by empowering them to play a significant role in society despite their disability. This is so remarkable and I really admire the work she is accomplishing with her team. If you wish to support the Life Beyond Disability Foundation, you can make a donation online. Please check their website at lbdfoundation.org. You'll also find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to this new episode. This concludes our summer special series. Join me again for the bi-weekly episodes in October to talk about healthcare and research. If you like our show, do share it within your network and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you also sign up for our newsletter so you can stay informed about all our activities. And don't forget to follow the show on social. Check us out on Facebook at Narratives of Purpose, on Instagram at Narratives of Purpose underscore podcast, and on LinkedIn at Narratives of Purpose podcast. Until the next episode... Take care of yourselves, stay well, and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.